business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Now I make money moves. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast, the show created to provide you with the practical and strategic advice to help you level up in fitness, business, your career, your relationships, and your life. My name is Joseph Metzel. I am your host. We're back with another installment of Your Four. I am joined by co-host in this segment, Caleb. Hey, mate. How you doing? Great to have you back, man. Caleb, uh, these episodes of Your Four have been amazing. Yeah, dude. The questions have been incredible. The questions have been, and you know what? I just, I, I just want to say something about the questions uh, because these are questions that you guys submit, right? The, these are questions that get sent to either myself or yourself directly, Caleb. And guys, the questions are fucking awesome. <laughs> like legit, legit. The, the, and, and that's the, you know, these kind of Q&A based podcasts are so dependent on the quality of the questions to produce the valuable content. So you guys are having a huge part to play uh, in in, uh, the value that we're delivering in this podcast. And I encourage you guys to continue sending your questions in. We have a bit of a backlog at the moment, but we're working our way through them. Uh, And, you know, sometimes a couple of things with the questions, right? The first thing, Caleb, is they're always anonymous. So we never attach who's asking the question because some of them, you know, perhaps people feel maybe a little bit vulnerable asking the question. Perhaps they feel a little bit uncomfortable asking the question. Uh, You know, don't ever think, guys, that we're going to attach your name to the question. It's always going to be anonymous. The second thing is if you think that you've got a particular question that is causing you vulnerability or, or discomfort and you feel alone in that, I can almost guarantee you that there are thousands of people who listen to this podcast who, who have the exact same vulnerabilities and the exact same discomforts around that particular question. Uh, so don't hesitate to send them through. Don't hesitate to, to uh, send them directly to Caleb. Yeah, yeah. Through Send me Instagram. through to, uh, Instagram at caleb.figit. Yep. Um, and also thank you for the people who already have been sending me three questions. I really yeah. do appreciate that. So yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll spell that last name as well because yes. people do get a bit of a uh, get a bit of a difficulty with it. Yes. So F-I-E-G-E-R-T. So Caleb.F-I-E-G-E-R-T. Yeah. And if you fuck up the spelling, you can just DM me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's easy, at Joseph Menzel. Uh, and I just screenshot them and send them to Caleb and he banks them away and picks the, uh, the four best for each episode. Caleb, we have four questions. Let's go. All right. Question number one. <clears throat> what do you do when you're at work or in the gym and you're just like, screw this, but you need to get it done? How do you get out of that negative mindset and find some drive or motivation? I think the first thing to do here, you know, a, a lot of the time we can kind of fight against the these kind of emotions of um, frustrated or uh, exhaustion or just being, you know, when you're at the point where you're like, you know, screw this or, or fuck this, uh, you know, it's, it's usually like frustration. It's associated to anger in one way or another. And I think sometimes we can kind of be a little bit trigger happy to kind of fight against those emotions um, and jump to, to straight to, um, you know, either acting on them or using them as fuel to do a certain thing. I think it's really important in the first instance, Caleb, to acknowledge the emotion and actually lean into the emotion and experience the frustration or the anger or, or you know, whatever, whatever the, the seed of that fuck this is, um, to actually experience that for what it is. But then to understand that emotions are not a call to action. 
right? So you can feel a certain way. You don't have to act that way. You can feel angry. You don't have to act angry. You can feel frustrated. You don't have to act frustrated. So acknowledging the emotion, leaning into it, experiencing it, and then understanding that the emotion is a signpost that you don't have to act on. That's, that's up to you at that point. Then it becomes, you know, I use this, um, this uh, concept that uh, I think the first time I heard it was actually from Andy Frisella. Andy's one of the, the he's the original MF CEO, uh, one of the owners of First Form. And Andy has this concept that he calls test days. And those are the days where in business, in fitness, in your career, in relationships, whatever, you're at the point where you're just like, you know what, fuck this, I'm out. Those are the days where you really get to test your grit. You get to test your resilience. You get to test your determination. And you're able to build upon the baseline skill set that you have in those different character traits. So framing those days, so leaning into that emotion and then, and then framing those days as, you know what, this is actually a chance for me to develop the levels of grit, the levels of resilience, the levels of determination I need to get to the next level, and then using that as the fuel to go forth and, and, and crush that test day. I think the last thing that I want to say in regards to this is, I actually touched on this in the last episode of the Fitness Times Business Podcast, Execution is Everything, and that is momentum of execution. If you have one of these test days where you're in the gym and you know you perhaps you didn't sleep well the night before or you haven't eaten well and you just you, you're tired and just like fuck this I'm done with this workout and you act upon that emotion you actually leave the gym you throw the towel in you do that once it becomes much easier to do it again and you do it twice it becomes much easier to do it a third time and you start to build momentum and in particular habits and routines around when I don't feel like doing something, I throw the towel in and I don't do it. On the other hand, if you're able to use the test days exactly as we've discussed so far and you go, no, 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 this is the chance for me to develop and level up my skill set, you're building momentum of execution. So you do that one time it becomes much easier the second time when you don't feel like doing something to say, you know what, this is a test day. I'm going to use this to develop skills. I am going to finish my workout. You do that once, it becomes easy to do it again. It becomes easy to do it a third time. So momentum of execution works in both directions and you have to understand that if you choose to throw the towel in, you're going to continue throwing the towel in. If you choose to execute on your test days, you're going to continue to execute on your test days. Yeah, and look, man, I think it kind of drives down to also like <clears throat> why. Mm. Why are you going? Why do you feel like you need to throw the towel in in the first place? Like do you have a plan in place when you hit the gym? Um, is there a purpose behind your training? Have you got a goal? Like I, I kind of look back in, uh, in my fitness journey as well when there'd be times where I did, I was just like, oh, I don't want to be here. And then, or I'd leave the gym early or I just wouldn't finish that last set. Mm -hmm. And it kind of tied back into because I didn't have a kind of goal or a plan or a purpose in mind. And that also makes it quite easy to fall into those kind of habits. Um, I also, I like to kind of be a little bit more mindful as well when it comes to, I guess, you know, if you have one of those bad days and you do throw in the towel that it's okay, we are human, 
But what's probably when it becomes an issue is when it becomes a consistent thing. Um, are you enjoying your training in the first place? Yeah. You know, are you doing what you want to do? I think too many people I find all the time when they go and they do their training, they're like, oh, I've just started this new training or I'm doing this because so-and-so told me that's what I need to do. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, they might have told you what they need to do, but are you actually enjoying what you're doing? Everything needs to come back to a level of enjoyment and it also needs to also tie into your goals and your plans because there will become a time where those things aren't going to be as enjoyable, but if you can anchor back into, you know, what your goal is in the first place, you're going to find some level of enjoyment. And I, for me personally, that happened when I was prepping. You know what I mean? Eventually the workouts just seemed tedious, but I had that that goal in mind that just kept pushing me through. And even when I didn't want to, even when I wanted to stop on the Stairmaster, when I was like... 30, 40 minutes in, nobody wants to be climbing stairs for that long. There would be just something that would just keep driving me. And they did ask the question too about um, in the work scenario. And again, I think it's a very similar thing. You know, it comes back to your drive, your purpose, your passion. You know, if you're struggling with the day-to-day tasks that you do and you're finding, oh, I'm really struggling to do that task, do you know why? Do you know the outcome that you're trying to achieve with that task as well? Like I think there are some tasks that I do sometimes that go, that's tedious, but I know, but hold on, this is actually what it's going to produce. And when you can focus on that and when you can actually anchor back into that, then you can find levels of motivation that you may have not been able to find before. That's really good, man. I really, uh, that's a, a really good um, way of thinking about it, you know, is, is making sure that you anchor back into your why and, and keeping the, the end goal in mind as well in both fitness and, and your work and your business, whatever it is, you know, uh, you're right. Like you are going to have those, those test days where you say, fuck this, you know, I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and being able to anchor back into those, you know, really solid foundations of this is why I'm doing this. This is why it's important to me. And this is what it's going to lead to, I think can, can help you reframe them as test days and use them as opportunities to build those skills. Especially, I have to be real, if you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, you'll reach a point where you burn out and you'll fizzle out anyway. So if you can, you know, have those days where maybe just one day you let it, let it slip and then you execute every other day, it's going to be so much better than burning out 70% of the time instead. Well, even, you know, on that as well, the momentum of execution side of things as well, you know, if you're having one of those days that is just really heavy for whatever reason, you can dial back your execution as well, right? So long as you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah, true. You know, maybe, maybe you're like, it's the middle of a leg, a really like a thousand calorie leg day. And you're like, fuck this, I'm exhausted, I can't do this. Well, you know what? Maybe you don't have to do the thousand calorie leg workout that day. Maybe you can do it the next day and train some arms or some shit. You know, like you can scale back the execution just to make sure that, you know, you're you're not throwing the towel in because it's just too big and it's too overwhelming. You don't feel up to it. Yeah, absolutely. Next question. Next question. All right. This is a big question, this one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We need like subtitles for this shit. Yeah, all right. Question number two. Have you ever experienced a relationship where your partner indirectly affects your environment negatively? Meaning that they support your goals, but their actions in life do not. To add a bit of context, my partner isn't very goal-oriented and their life isn't very conducive towards personal growth, e.g. going to bed early, tracking macros, working out, journaling, you know, a lot of things we talk about. I I love them for different reasons and we get along, but it's getting to the point where it's affecting me negatively and every time I try to be open about it and talk to them, they don't want to talk about it and they just get upset instead. 
what advice can you give? Man, this is a loaded question, man. That's a great question, man. It's a great question. And it's one of these questions, you know, at the start of the show, we said, you know, sometimes these questions are a little bit vulnerable, a bit, a little bit uncomfortable, and you may feel, uh, you may feel uncomfortable asking them. But this is one of those questions that so many people will resonate with. Oh, yeah. Right? We see this all the time. I've been through this personally. You've been through I've this been personally. I've been through this personally. Oh, right? yeah. Like so many of us have. Look, I think the first thing here is, is it important that your partner is on the same page as you when it comes to the goal setting and the personal development and the leveling up in your life, right? That's, that's the first thing because there are often occasions, Caleb, where opposites attract, right? You, you, and you will have seen this in your personal life, right? People in relationships where one partner is like super driven, and the other one is just laid back as fuck and the relationship just works, <laughs> you know? It's like the polarities of different sides of the magnet and they just, they just smack together. So that, that is definitely an option. Um, and it's really important to firstly identify like, you know, is it important that my partner is on the same page as me or am I happy for us to be opposites and attract in, in that realm? The way that this question is asked, obviously for this particular person, it is important that they are aligned. And that, you know, that really kind of involves a deep deep uh, dive into your core values. You know, like, do you have to be in alignment with your top three core values? Is that important to you? Why is that important to you? I think it's very important as well to make sure that you're not using your partner's lack of motivation as a cop-out for you not doing what you need to do to move your life forward. Because I do see this a lot as well, right? Is, is people, you know, it's not particularly important that their partner is aligned with them, right? But they still use their partner's lack of motivation for an excuse not to do what they know they need to do. So those are the first two things to kind of work out, right? If you get to the point where you're like, no, 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 it is really important that in my relationship, we are both aligned and we're both working to the same goals and we're both motivated and we're both interested in taking our lives to the next level. And it's not a situation where I'm using their lack of motivation as a cop-out for me doing, not doing what I know I need to do. Then it becomes, all right, there's three steps. The first step is you can try and encourage and inspire your partner through your actions right? You go about your business and you hope that by your partner seeing you go about your business and you getting better and you leveling up and you taking your life to the next level, that it encourages and inspires them to do the same. That being said, you can't force someone to change, right? So it's either going to encourage and inspire them or it's not. If it does, beautiful. If it doesn't, you move on to step two. Step two is you need to compromise on your goals for the sake of the relationship. Is that person important enough to you that you're willing to compromise a little bit on your goals and your personal development for the sake of the relationship? I'll be honest with you, this almost never works. And the reason why it almost never works is because if you are a driven individual, if one of your highest order core values is achievement, and you start compromising on that for the sake of your partner and the sake of your relationship, that breeds resentment for your partner and it breeds resentment for the relationship. And you get to a point where you're like, enough is enough, I'm out. Which then leads to step three, 
which is to get the fuck out, right? Is to move on, is to go, you know what? It's super important to me that we're aligned. I've tried to encourage and inspire you. You're not interested in changing. I can't compromise on my values because I'm going to resent you for it. My only option at this point is to exit the relationship and go in and start a new relationship with someone who is aligned with what I'm trying to do with my life. Yeah. Look, I can speak from experience here because it's actually played out just like that in, in, in a past relationship that I was in probably last year. Yep. Um, and one I just want to touch on that it is very important that the first step you acknowledge was that it's through your actions and it's not f through force or trying to change them or do something. Yeah. Whenever you try to force somebody or to do something, it actually isn't coming from a place of love because love gives a choice. So I think that's really important. Um, this is, yeah, this is a very, I guess, sensitive topic and I want to speak from experience like for myself and I don't want to, you know, talk in regards of speaking what anyone else should do, but just more just, I guess, give some advice on what I did and how I approached it. And, you know, I was with a partner who supported me. You know what I mean? They, 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 everything they did wasn't, you know, they, they didn't have goals. They weren't driven like that. And, and they didn't have the same level of, of I guess, achievement motivation that I, that I had. But they supported me you know, from levels of financial, from, from just levels of just being a good person. They were a good person, yeah. a really lovely person. But as time came on, it got more difficult for me. I, I couldn't uh, achieve the things I wanted to do. I did. I found myself going down that level of compromise where it's like, well, actually, sometimes in order for me to achieve certain things, you got to sacrifice time. You know, if you want to read a certain amount of books, you got to sacrifice time. But you don't always have that much time if you're also going to dedicate that time to your partner, to your friends and other things like that. And then sometimes your partner can even demand more time from you. You're not spending enough time. That can cause issues. And that does bring about that level of bitterness and resentment. So I was left with a tough decision. Do I, you know, do I live like this or, or do I move forward? I decided I had to, to move forward. And, you know, it wasn't just for the sake of myself. It was for the sake of both of us. Even if sometimes the other party might not be able to see it like that at that time, you know, you would just pray and hope that in the future they would come to that revelation themselves and, and they would be able to appreciate, you know, that hard decision that you had to personally make. Um, and then I guess my advice would be to anybody who is in that predicament, who is even thinking about considering doing something like that is, is so important to then work on yourself because the reality is if you're in this relationship and you're wanting to work on yourself, the reality is, is you shouldn't have been in a relationship to begin with because you should be working on yourself to, as we mentioned about this a few episodes back to actually attract who you want in a partner. Yep. It really does work as simple as that. You know, what you put into yourself and what you put into the universe is what you're going to get back. Big facts, man. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. Oh. Uh, you know, it's, it, sometimes it's difficult to talk about past experiences, but it definitely adds a lot of authenticity to what you're saying when you say, this is, I lived through this. These were the decisions I made and this is the advice I can give based on the back of those decisions. Even one thing... I notice being going back into my past relationship is whether we are consciously aware of it or not, we actually adopt and we pick up certain habits from our partners as well, mm. which can hinder that personal development progress. 
I know there were just a, a few things like bad eating habits that I picked up that as soon as I got out of the relationship, somehow I just shook them off. They were gone. So there is also that to, I guess, keep in mind as a bit of food for thought. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's important just to round this question off. Look, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer, right? You gave your personal experience. My answer was based on my personal experience. And, you know, I've spoken about my past relationships in previous episodes of this podcast. I was engaged to my high school sweetheart. I was married, then divorced. You know, I've had multiple long-term serious relationships that, you know, allow me to speak to this through my own personal experience as well. That being said, everyone's experience is slightly different. There's no right or wrong answer, but this advice that we are giving is one way of thinking about this type of situation that so many of us experience. Yeah, you could always, I guess, delve down and dive and communicate a little bit more as well. Uh, ask questions like, you know, if they're not driven for something and, uh, you know, ask them about that. Just, you know, you know, why aren't you motivated to do that? You know, maybe be more sensitive around that, you know, particular question. But if someone's all like, you know, they might notice that you have a certain health and fitness goal and they might just say something like, oh, you know, I wish I could do that, but I can't. And then you can go, you can ask them, well, what makes you think you can't? Mm. You know, it just having those kind of deep, vulnerable, you know, conversations with your partner could spark a bit of motivation in that as well. For sure. Next question. Next question. Is the beast mentality, beast mentality, dangerous and detrimental? By that, I mean you hear motivational speeches about sacrifice, pushing yourself to the limit, sleeping less, lifting more, sacrifice everything. But is this acceptable for the average gym slash business goer? If I don't have an I am mentality like my fitness and business heroes, yourself included, it gets me wondering, is it worth trying to get near the top? Or should I focus my energy on trying to be happy with being mediocre? Again, another loaded question, man. <laughs> Straight up, I'm going to go to the last part of that question about um, should I focus my energy on trying to be happy with being mediocre? The first thing is why do you feel mediocre? Mm. And who the fuck says you're mediocre? Yeah. Right? Because immediately this is, this is comparison and judgment. Right, you by, by calling yourself mediocre, on what, on what fucking level are we talking here? You know? Like, is it, is it compared to, obviously, this was a question that was asked ab about myself, right? Is it compared to what you see in my life that makes you feel mediocre? Man, I have a lot of good shit in my life. I have a lot of not so good shit in my life, right? You're just, you're just deciding to attach certain things that you see me doing and go, oh, that's amazing. And I'm never going to level up to that. Therefore, I must be down here in the mediocre fucking section. No, that's not, that's bullshit. You know, comparison and judgment are, are the thieves of joy. Yeah. You know, so absolutely. I think I think that like that's the first thing that I just need to really shine a spotlight on is it's ju it's judgment straight. You know, like <laughs> there's no other way to put it, right? You 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 you're already you're already waving the white flag and going no 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 I'm never going to level up to these people I look up to. Therefore, this is my mediocre life, and I'm just going to be happy with where I'm at. That's bullshit, man. Yeah, like look, straight I, up. It's I have this exact same thought. Like this is exactly what I I feel. You know, it's there's a danger in idolizing people. First off, um, and when you have that kind of mindset and perspective and you look at someone like, oh, they're so much better than me, mm -hmm. you also got to realize you have the opposite. 
as well, then you actually look down on people too. So for me, it's like I don't see anybody as superior or and, and vice versa because it keeps you in a good state of humility. Yeah, for sure. Back to the start of the question. We're going to work backwards through this question. So I have this concept that I call blissful pursuit. And what this concept, uh, well, it's, it's more of a mindset. It's a way of thinking about um, things. And the, what, what it allows me to do is it allows me to be blissful about where I'm at in the present, what I have, who I'm with, and just really enjoy the present moment and experience bliss and experience happiness about where I am. But then also pursue where I'm trying to get to at the same time. So not being comfortable with where I'm at, going, this is great, this is beautiful, fantastic, I'm happy, I'm blissful, I have so many good things to be grateful for, you know, like my gratitude journal every morning is fucking stacked with, with wonderful shit. So it allows me to do that, but at the same time, it allows me to go, yeah, but you know what, I'm working towards this, I'm in pursuit of this, I'm trying to get better here, I'm trying to get better there, I'm trying to level up my fitness, I'm trying to level up my business, I'm trying to be a better husband, I'm trying to be a better brother, I'm trying to be a better son. So bliss in the present moment, pursuit for what you're trying to achieve in the future. That's kind of how I think about it. And then the pursuit side of it as well, you'll notice I use the word pursuit very specifically. It's not end goal focused, right? It's not like blissful end game or blissful completion. It's blissful pursuit because I know when I get to where I'm trying to go at the moment, I need to be experiencing bliss about where I'll be in two years and five years and 10 years. But then I'm going to pursue the next thing, you know? So it's this constant pursuit of trying to get better and trying to level up, but also allowing myself to experience bliss in the present moment. The last thing I'll say about this question is that it's really important to understand that you're either moving forwards towards who you're trying to become or you're moving backwards. And if you're standing still, you're moving backwards right? There is no, there's no middle ground here, Caleb. You're either working towards becoming a better person or you're regressing. It's really important to understand that because if you get to this mindset where, you know, the judgment, the comparison, I'm mediocre, this is where I'm at. There's no point trying to get better because I'm never going to get to the level of these people who I idolize, who I compare myself to, who I judge myself against. And you, you stop moving forward, you stand still you're going to move backwards. It's really important to understand that. For me, the beast mentality. It's a great mentality to have if you plan on trying to sprint a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> or eat a lion yeah, in the wild. Like the, it's the greatest way to basically what you've just said. It's the greatest way to achieve nothing in a short period of time. Um, yeah, look... It's interesting. There's a quote that I think of that I, I guess some people could get this mixed up. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. 100%. Have you heard that quote before? I have, yeah. So it's from Stephen Prefontaine. He's a, a long-distance American marathon runner. Mm. Now, that's kind of ironic, isn't it? Because, you know, this guy is saying that you should never give anything more, less than your best. Mm. But I think people don't realize your best isn't like your fastest sprint. It's like your best involves actually slowing down at times. And as we even mentioned earlier in this ep episode, you know, like 
taking one foot at a time. If you think about a marathon, you know, there are moments where you're sprinting, but there are moments where you're slowing down, where you're actually just going, you know, one foot above the other. And I'm pretty sure there'd probably have to be, like if you put yourself in the mindset of a marathon runner, there's probably going to be times that he probably wants to completely give in and quit. He's depleted. He's, he's lost everything. And he's going, all right, just one foot in front of each other, one foot in front of each other. Just keep moving forward. But also there's going to probably be moments where he's taking in the scenery. It's a marathon, like like life around you, man. Like how how do you know how do you enjoy being happy? Well, that's it. You 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 take those moments. You you take the moments you need to, you know, just sit back, relax, be in bliss, as you would say, and just be happy. And the moments you need to sprint and and execute, you 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 do that as well. And then truly, I guess that's what it really means to me when it when it's about, you know, going back to that quote, that's what it means. Mm. It's blissful pursuit, man. Encapsulated perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last question, Caleb. All right. Do you ever feel like you want to help everyone you come in contact with? Do you have any tips or any experience with this? Yes. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> to both questions. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a, a big driver for me, I guess it's kind of attached to one of my core values of um, benevolence is helping people. You know, like so much of what I do, pretty much what I do for a living is, is helping people, right? At the moment, the the vehicle for the most part is, is health and fitness. It's about helping people get healthier and feel better about themselves and, um, you know, just, just, just help. Um, so yeah, so the, the first part of the question, do you ever feel like you help everyone you come into contact with? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Which is a core value thing, right? Like yeah. some people have that, other people don't. It's not to say one is right, one is wrong. Everybody's slightly different and it depends where you fall on the, the spectrum of core values. I think one of the things to be cautious about here is that it can slip very easily into helping people who don't want to help themselves. And you can very easily become this person who by nature of wanting to help everybody who you come into contact with, become that person that attracts the toxic people who go, you know what, this person will, will uh, be my little sounding board and I don't really want to help myself, but I can just kind of lean on them and they can take all of the bullshit in my life and I'm just going to continue being bullshit and that's the way it's going to be. Um, and definitely when I was younger, I found myself in this situation frequently. Uh, now I definitely don't because I, I, I can sense when it's coming on and I distance myself from these people and go, look, you got to help yourself in the first instance. I'll be here, but you got you to work on yourself. And I think that the reason why when I was younger, I used to fall into that and now I very rarely do is because you know, with, with more wisdom, you become much more conscious of your time and in particular your energy. And, you know, one of my, one of the quotes that I think about is you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So if you are giving so much of your time and so much of your energy to other people, whether they are toxic or not toxic or whatever, whatever the situation is, and you don't have enough left for yourself to continue to grow, to continue to get better, to continue to develop, you're actually not going to be able to help people in the first instance. So it kind of ties back to like, you know, what, like what's important to you? What's your why, right? Every person 
who you give your time to, every person who you give your energy to, means that you can't say yes to another cause or you can't say yes to another person. We have, so, we have limited energy, we have limited time, right? And you need to say no to certain things to allow yourself the capacity to say yes to other things that are more important to you. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, I'm very similar. Personally, I, I believe that, you know, we should always be open and available to helping others. However, um, there's a few sayings that I like. One is, is um, known as do not cast your pearls before swine. And that actually means to give or offer something valuable to someone who doesn't understand its value. Which is, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and there's even a Proverbs that I like, which is whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Instruct a wise man and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man and he will add to his learning. And really the wisdom there is that there are certain people who just don't want help. And there are some people who will actually come to you seeking out help, but they're actually, their intentions are otherwise. So I think, you know, if anyone's, I guess, some advice I'd give to people who feel like they need to help everybody is that some, there are going to be some people that purposely don't want help. Yeah. As you've mentioned, you pick up on that, you know, you pick it up on more that they want to lean on you. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also people out there who actually want to attack back. There are some people who are waiting for you to tell them what to do and all they're looking for is an argument. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 100% true, man. And it's one of those things that – like it's so, it's so experience based. <laughs> like you have to go through it to be able to identify it. I mean, I, like I'll give you an example uh, in the mentoring work that I do, right? So I do um, personal development and business mentoring and I um, uh, people pay me very, very good money to mentor them in, in business, to mentor them in their personal development. But I know when I'm mentoring someone and I understand that, I, I, I pick up on the fact that they're not, they're not fully committed, right? They're, they're, they're wasting their time, they're wasting their money, and importantly, they're wasting my time as well because I'm trying to pour into them, giving them my time, giving them my energy, and I just know that they're not, you know, that they're, they're, they're not right, they're, they're not there, yeah. right? They're not in, they're not committed. Um, you know, it ties into that, that proverb that you said, like, you know, you... you, you <laughs> You can only give so much to somebody before you get to a point where it's like, you know what, I could, I could literally keep pouring my cup into this person and it's just going to be fucking spilt all over the floor. Yeah, look, the, the one that, you know, you pour, that you're going to pour your cup into should be the one that also helps pour that back into you as well. It should be a two-way thing. 100%. Yeah, it definitely works in both directions. But I think, you know... Yeah, you know, the, the, every time you say yes, to, to, to tie us back into the question, you know, every time you say yes to helping somebody, you automatically put yourself in a position where you have to say no to somebody else because our time, our energy is limited and we have to prioritize who we give it to, how we spend it and what's most important to us in that regard. Yeah, and you just got to be wise about how you do it. That's it. Good one. Another four awesome questions. Caleb? The one thing we ask in return 
of the listeners, of the viewers. Guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, if you've taken value from it, if it's made you think, if you've had a laugh, if you if it's made your drive to work a little bit quicker or your cardio session on the Stairmaster go a little <laughs> bit faster, the one thing we ask in return is that you share the show. Uh, one of the best ways to do this, guys, is to take a screenshot right now on whatever podcasting platform you're looking for, uh, listening to, I should say, uh, post it in your Instagram story, tag Caleb at Caleb Figget, tag myself at Joseph Mensel. Uh, we see those tags. We like to share them uh, as much as we can as well. And that's one of the best ways to, to spread the value, to spread uh, this podcast, to spread this segment of the podcast in particular. And we really appreciate that, guys. Caleb, thank you very much. A pleasure, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure once again. Guys, you could have been anywhere in the world but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Fitness Times Business Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you enjoyed this episode and took some value from it, make sure you share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And if you haven't yet, be sure to leave us a five-star rating.